County, Wichita Falls. I'm your co-host, Ryan. With my lovely wife, Catherine, by my side, we'll be having discussions on business, family, and anything else we find complicated or intriguing. Whether you're having your coffee in Bernie, Texas, driving to work in Des Moines traffic, or on a jog through the streets of Garfield, Arkansas, join us as we dive deep into the mysteries of modern life. Welcome to the Armadillo Den. Ryan here. Thanks for joining us on the uh, Armadillo Den. Today we had a very special guest in the studio. His name is Patrick Kemp. He's a multi-business entrepreneur. I got a ton of information that was very helpful for me out of this conversation. I hope you did too. We just want to thank him. My biggest takeaway was if you if you have it in you to do, just do it. And obviously you guys are going to take tons more and different out of this conversation. But uh, we were we were glad to have Patrick. So here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Armadillo Den. To the Armadillo Den. Today is a special day. We have a good friend of ours and uh, fellow entrepreneur Patrick Kemp in the studio with us. It's good to see you, Patrick. Glad to be here. Uh, how has COVID been for you? Uh, definitely interesting. Um, I think it's been one of those opportunities for us to kind of look and pivot where we needed to, see where we had some weaknesses, see where there are some opportunities. So kind of in general, where my business has been down, my main primary business, which is Three Leaf Advertising Agency, we've been down 74%. Um, and so when I say that, tell, tell my wife that, or when I tell friends that, they're like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, yeah. she's right. Um, so we've had lots of staff changes and lots of different things happen. So I think, uh, it was a chance to kind of reevaluate and see what was out there. And, um, so in the midst of all that, we've started two other businesses, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely want to get into all that. And, uh, before we do, uh, tell me about your, uh, not necessarily personal stuff, but when you were a young man, did you have a job as a young man or did you, at what age did you start? Yeah, I've always done something. Uh, my dad was, uh, an entrepreneur somewhat he was he's a dentist so he ran his own business and so I got to see that side of the world um, worked for him a little bit but uh, I've had tons of interesting jobs you know from installing stereos to doing trim at hair salons to uh, my favorite job was probably Little Caesars I was a delivery boy that was in college so a little bit of everything I delivered pizzas myself uh, for Little Caesars also really yeah uh, High school. This is not about me. No, that was actually when I had three jobs. I was construction during the day, uh, dock at FedEx Freight at night, and then I'd fill in the gaps with delivering pizzas. So I had three jobs at one time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was not awesome. But, uh, well, cool. So, uh, and you went to college? I went I went to college. I went to Texas A&M. That's okay. where I met my wife. Good. Yeah. What did you graduate? What's your degree? Um, I do not have a degree. Okay. Um, and so kind of looking back on it, um, and now I have five children, so it's always been this interesting thing. They're like, well, Dad didn't get a degree. Why do I have to go to college? And I'm like, well, <laughs> let's talk about this. So being an entrepreneur has been a really good thing for me and really been a challenge to figure out, you know, 
I don't have this degree, but I have all these other things inside of me that I know that I'm called to do and be. Right. Um, and so that took a while to settle into the fact of it's not for everybody, uh, but. It's for some. So I do want to just touch on this podcast today is going to be on entrepreneurship. Ron and I are entrepreneurs, and that's why we really wanted to bring Patrick in and talk to him about how it started. Mm-hmm. So. We hope this podcast gives you a lot of insight into the world of an entrepreneur and just the starting steps to getting there. So did you, starting out after college, were you employed by a company or a corporation first, or did you just go straight into... I've always had projects going, probably since I was little. Um, I think I remember when I was in kindergarten, not kindergarten, second grade, we had a class project and I made my own magazine and I had it printed at Kinko's and it was bound and... I was always planning, I always dreamt of having a restaurant called the Fajita Factory growing oh, up. That sounds delicious. So I would make my dad drive me around town and we would look at locations and I would build menus and I've just kind of always had that inside of me. Yeah, that in your mindset. Yeah, so that's always been the, that thing kind of in the back of my head, like ideas. And it wasn't until like two years ago, my wife just said, why don't you just start doing all these ideas? And now I think she's like, why don't you stop doing all these ideas? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the floodgates open. And so, yes. Yeah, that's great. Uh so when, at what point, and do you, do you know, do you remember what age where you went totally just all self-employed? Um, it was, it was, I guess my daughter is 14, so 13, so 13 years ago. It was right before she was born. I turned in my two-week notice four weeks before she was born. Good. Um, and yeah, because that makes sense, right? That makes perfect sense. Uh, so what led... What what led to that? So we're, g- just give a quick rundown of like where yeah. you you know I'm not gonna sh- I'm not gonna shade your answer at all. Sure. But, you know you're working this job for another person and you're like this is t- it's yeah. now is the time. What was the catalyst? Yeah, I'd always kind of been torn between like I said the college was a battle, work was a battle because I'd always thought you go to college. Um, I was a you know. Christian, and so I thought, you know, the next best after college, you go to seminary, you become a pastor. Mm -hmm. So that was in my head. Like, that's what I was supposed to do. So I was working in a church. Uh, I worked there for about eight years, and they offered me the job to be the associate college pastor. And it was what I thought I was made to do, is what I thought I was called to do. And when they offered me that job, I just, it was the weirdest, weirdest sense. I just said, you know what, this isn't what is my future. Like, this is what I thought I wanted. It's what the world told me was the next step as the life I was living. Um, and so through, through a bunch of counsel and prayer that was at that moment, I actually quit. It's just so weird. You know, you get what you think you're wanting and you're like, all right, it's time for me to go on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that speaks a lot to what the world tells us we're supposed to mm-hmm. do and to discern what, you know, what God, you know, what God's speaking to us, what the world's saying, and then our own internal voice too. Is just trying to find where we fit, you know, mm-hmm. in our, and you you said earlier, you know, you didn't graduate with a degree, so obviously a degree doesn't define you as mm-hmm. who you are or where you're supposed to be. The ch- sometimes the choices we make don't define who we are or where we're supposed to be, but the decisions we make, the people we surround us, ourselves with, you know, hopefully they're leading sure. us in the right direction. So, yeah, that's that's great. So when you so when you decided to go full on. Uh, self-employed what was what was that business yeah that was three leaf so okay. it was ad agency creative services kind of thing and Great. so we did, we had no clients i had no leads 
and we just said, let's go for it and see what happens. And kind of, you know, the, the last 13 years has been an awesome ride. That's yeah, cool. I definitely hear that your wife supports your decisions. Does Megan have a degree or is yeah, she? Megan, Megan went to A&M as well. We, that's where we met. She was actually the first person I met at A&M. Uh, love at first sight on my end. It took a couple of years to convince her uh-huh. that was the deal. But um, no, she, she has a speech communication degree and we always joke can we just swap degrees? Because she, she, her whole calling, her whole life, she's felt like she's supposed to be a mom, be at home, raise our kids. She's the best mom in the world. Also, she, she is the reason I'm able to do all this because she supports it. And what's this next crazy idea? So, all right, we're going to work on charcuterie board this week. All right, let's drive to Austin. And she's in there with me, you know, or, hey, we're going to go do this crazy thing. And she supports it. So, mm-hmm. And then were there any things that helped support so you don't have income coming in? Because the first thing people think about is, yeah, that sounds awesome. But how did you financially support your family? And so were those were there savings that allowed y'all to live a little bit? How quickly did you find your first like just practical? How quickly did you find your sure. first customer? Was it your first client like a great client? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, we were we were lucky. I would say I would say I am not risk adverse. So savings was not a thing we had so literally we, this was a hey we're turning in our notice the the church we we're working at said we're gonna you you know two weeks we'll be gone but we're gonna pay you for four weeks so i thought i won the lottery getting four mm-hmm. weeks um and we d- we kept the cobra insurance thing because the baby or whatever but uh we didn't have money in savings and mm-hmm. so i think when you're thinking about entrepreneurship and all these things that you're doing and i heard kind of in your early podcast talking about money oh he's got to be rich to be able to do all these things Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is you just got to be comfortable in your own skin and what you're made to do and you're going to be happy. And I think I would rather do what makes me happy and what I was made to do and make $10 a week than make $10 million a year doing what I'm unhappy doing. And I've been presented with all these great options to make these kind of mm-hmm. big money for big companies. And I just can't see doing it because I love what I do. We love helping people. We love helping them solve their problems and kind of reach a solution. So I think, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it, it does. I think it brings full circle that when you take a risk like that, savings doesn't always make it better. You know, and I think that's what I want to touch on. When we went full self-employed, we didn't have a savings either. But with the amount of confidence I feel like I had in wanting to, or w- discernment, you know, we felt called to go self-employed. So did you into the world of entrepreneurship that faith in ourselves to succeed allowed us to succeed Yeah, I, for, I, for what that means to us as individuals, you know, Ryan and I and you and your wife. So not what society quote unquote calls success is a full savings account, retirement, yeah. you know, all that doesn't come right away. And I think people look at failure differently. You know, some people might've looked at my past 13 years and seen five or six failures along the way. But for me, we're making things work kind of like we are now. You know, the market went down. We had COVID. We had to reinvent ourselves and create some new opportunities to make money. So I know I'm always going to provide for my family. I don't know what that's always going to look like. Mm-hmm. And so there's some people, maybe my father-in-law, people like that, that I stress out because I'm always, we're going to go over here. We're going to go over there. We're going to mm-hmm. do what's next. Yeah. So just touching base, you talked about your three-leaf down 70 74% and the only reason I know that is the PPP loans required me to know that and that was was a very depressing moment (laughs) I knew it was bad but I almost didn't want to know it was that bad so right yeah and so you just talked about two new businesses opening pivoting let's talk about what it looks like because you're 
there are many businesses who had to pivot in 2020 during COVID. Talk to us a little bit how you pivoted and where you are now. Sure. Um, it all kind of started with um, a, a good friend of mine, Mason Wilson, um, and Ryan Roberts. We met a little over a year and a half ago, and we decided, hey, let's start a coffee shop. Um, Mason was real. He had, a, he had loft roasters and was doing a great job, but he came to me knowing I was an entrepreneur asking similar questions like, what do I do? How do I do that? And so I kind of just kind of listened to him for an hour, hour and a half, and I was going to give him feedback, and I was like, you want to just do something together? And I was like, I'm not trying to steal your dream. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've always wanted to be in this space, but I, I you know, with, with my job and where I am and kind of the things we have, I can't be at the shop every day. So Collective Coffee was born, and so that's one of the new ideas, is, um, and we're opening our first brick and mortar in the next couple of weeks, so we're super excited. So Collective Coffee kind of created this thing where we needed a general contractor. Um, and one of my companies that I had in college and after college was I was a general contractor with Kemp Construction, real creative name. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so we're like, well, we could go hire a general contractor. I met with a good friend of mine who's a big contractor in town. He helped me come up with the budget. I'm like, oh, we don't have that much money. There's no way we can do that. So we created this company called Brazos Construction to do the coffee shop. And whenever we, whenever we did that, uh, Chase Roberts, who's a friend of mine as well, um, worked with me at Three Leaf, um, he'd always wanted to be in construction. And so one of the things always with employees, team members, friends, I'm always asking them, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Who do you, you know, if you don't work here in two years, what are you wanting to do? Because I'm always, I want to challenge them. And I feel like if we're doing our job as leaders, we're going to lose great people. And if I invest in people knowing I'm going to lose them, I'm doing my, I'm, I'm going to have better employees, better team members, that kind of stuff. So they probably get annoyed with me. Like They're like, I like working for you right now. I'm like, well, I know you like it now, but where are we going to go? Mm-hmm. So Chase had talked about doing construction, and he had had kind of some experience in College Station. He's an Aggie as well, so thus Brazos Construction. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We weren't, we weren't going to have maroon as our colors. We weren't going to be, you know, any silly things, but we had to have some homage back to College Station. Um, so anyway, uh, Brazos Construction was created, and we you know, said, let's go see what happens. And within three weeks, we had... Six jobs, more than we can handle. I'm like, great branding because, you know, three leaf here. But there, I'm seeing y'all signs around town, and it is beautiful. I appreciate some good branding, and I appreciate good construction, you, you know, with us being in properties. And just seeing y'all's signs in the yard, it's like a, a modern way. It's just refreshing, I think, Thank to you. see your company grow well, like that. And, and when we talk about pivot, it's kind of fun because I get to use the same tool set. We, we go meet with a client. Where are you trying to go? What are you trying to accomplish? I can go out and help design that space. I can create the look, the feel, where they want to go. Chase can kind of follow behind, help make that happen from start to finish. And we, we're, we're a great partnership, but it's also, it's the same thing I do in every business. What problem are we trying to solve? Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur, that's your whole goal. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? How are we going to solve it? Right. That benefits other people as Yeah, well. benefits other people. Yeah. And I think it wasn't until maybe... A year and a half ago that I realized you're supposed to make money doing this I always just <laughs> did it because it was fun and I always I, I, I did three leaf to make enough money to enjoy myself but the reality is we if you do this to, to make money then you can invest in other people other businesses other partners if you're wired that way yeah no that's <clears throat> that's really great I think that's important too um, that's a good segue to the uh, what so you talked about you know building your your team, you know, if you build a good team, you're going to, you know, you're going to lose them. And these, 
usually if you surround yourself with the right people, they're wired that way anyway. They just need a little bit of what you have, the information, mm-hmm. some wisdom, just some, you know, whatever, whatever knowledge you can pass on. But what do you think your favorite part of being an entrepreneur is or favorite aspect? Um, and don't, you don't even have to list favorite. Just to, what do you like about? I love when someone says we can't, the last person couldn't, or I hear the word no. Like, if you tell me all those, that's all the drug I need. Mm-hmm. We can't figure out this. I'm like, yeah, you can. We mm-hmm. got this. This can't be done. No, I think we could probably maneuver. We can't afford it. Well, what's your budget? You know, that kind of stuff. So I think for me, the challenge of problem solving, what's the issue? Let's get it knocked out. Yeah, that's great. Um, what do you think the most challenging part of being an entrepreneur is? Um letting people take over the things that you're not good at. Um, so as an entrepreneur, you're probably a control freak. You're probably want it done your way. Um, and one of my good friends says, you've got to get comfortable being okay with 80%. Um, or you're never going to grow. You're never going to scale. And that was, that is still probably my biggest challenge is I can have this person do it and it's going to be 80% of what I want it to be. But then you're not left there. He always he also said you go from that eighty percent and you walk them through the next twenty. So imagine having a team of ten people getting eighty percent, and you're going into a hundred with them versus like you trying to do that amount of work. Yeah. So that was that was the biggest thing, just getting the right people doing the right things and not burdening yourself with a thousand percent. And that's and I yeah with yeah. a thousand percent, and that's my number one weakness is well I I want to do that or I can. Being the one that I hate the word can't, that means I can't not do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. I resonate with that. We for sure do. When I know that my skill set and where my role is in our company now, I have to focus on these, which means I can't do every part of our company. Even though I do thoroughly enjoy them all, for us to scale and grow, I had to pull, I had to step back from areas that were I did not need to be in. And same advice we were given when I had a really hard situation with an employee. It was like, you want her to do 100%. You want her to do exactly what you're doing, but she can't. She's mm-hmm. not you, you know. And maybe no one can. Right. You know, yeah. it, So not that someone can't do what you're doing as well, but just not live up to your expectation. Yeah, and the reality of what has happened when I have let go of that, they're actually getting to 120%. Right. I thought they couldn't get to 80 you know, right. And yeah. I think, and I think, an epiphany for me was uh, about ten years ago, we had started a company, a screen printing company, kind of mm-hmm. interesting that you guys do that. And I went to an auction. We bought all this equipment, so I got the whole shop, all the printing equipment for twelve hundred bucks. I had the conveyor belt, the six head group, the mm-hmm. all the flashes, all the stuff. So we're like, yeah, we're just gonna kill it. So I'm sitting there three weeks into it. It's four in the morning. I'm trying to figure out how to print with water-based ink, and it's all just flops. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is for $112. <laughs> and it's four in the morning. I was like, I could mow lawns. Yeah. Um, and I, it was at that moment that I kind of realized, okay, this is a good idea, but how can we change the structure of the business to be more efficient? We still want to offer this service to clients. And so we kind of, we made a pivot in that business and it, it's been a great business. And, and Megan, actually, my wife actually does run that business and we're rebranding it right now. Um, and she does a lot of stuff kind of for all of our clients and other people. I think that's really interesting. So you started screen printing because within your advertising agency, you saw a need from customers who are like, I need printed apparel Mm -hmm. or printed goods. 
And you, I mean, that was a pivot to gain that Mm -hmm. part of your company to grow and scale. But then realizing you couldn't be the one in there. Just the value of it, you know. Also just a part of your problem to solve. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, these people have this problem. I'm going to solve it for them. Yeah. You know, and then then having a solution that needed a, that had also a problem that needed a solution, you know, it's kind of a, yeah. That's a testimony to your, uh, I guess your propensity to get that yeah, done, done. You know, yeah, that's great. Uh, you touched on this just a minute ago about leadership. I'm currently doing a ton of leadership work with Bryn's sister Brooke yeah. in Waco. Shout out to her. And you know, I didn't when we've been really busy through the years. I haven't run and I haven't given a lot of focus to how we were actually like leading our team and leading our employees to be the best like versions of themselves and making sure that Ramble can be the best that it is for our customers. And this year I'm working on like infrastructure. Let's just, I want to lead them better. And hearing you as another entrepreneur, I didn't know this about you talking to your employees and asking, where do you want to go? Talk a little bit about leadership and being an entrepreneur because, and how you have to kind of have both. Sure. Um, you know, the, there are people that are wired to, you know, they can separate work from friendship, home, from work, all that kind of stuff. It's all the same to me. Um, and so my best friends are the people I work with and the people I do life with. And so it would be weird for me to not focus on how I'm going to lead well and partner well and give them input. Um, and just, I think the biggest thing just as far as having a team and employees is just knowing how much you value them, what they bring to the table, and realizing that you have a chance to to change the future, not only for your family, but for their family. You know, it's a, you're, you, mm-hmm. you're one hand that can take them to the next spot. And so that's always, even when I've had to fire people, some of the thoughts in there are, if I fire this person, it may be the best thing for them. Because right. if I keep them on because I like them, and if I keep them around because... I don't want to deal with the struggle of firing them, um, and I can kind of move them in a different position. I'm taking away what their 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 final plan may be, what their you know where they need to be. And I've I've had I probably had six employees that I have fired over the last 15 years to come back to me and say thank you for firing me, which is just weird. Man, that's amazing though. I mean, I think that's truly inspiring. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you definitely don't want to create a glass ceiling. You yeah. know, for someone. And in a lot of our businesses, there's no, there's not upward mobility. I mean, you come working in an ad agency, you can be a graphic designer, be the senior designer, and then you can be me. Yeah. Like, I mean, right. there's not, there's not like this, we're mm-hmm. not a corporation that's got 500 people and you can go from the bottom all the way up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot right. of lateral movements available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Uh, what do you think, what, what would you tell someone kind of starting out? You know, what, what do you tell, you know, what do you tell a Mason Wilson when he comes to you and was like, man, what well, other than, well, let's do this together. Yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> I think he was on the right track. I think having, when I look back, having the right people in your life that you can go to for wisdom. Um, I had a gentleman in my life, na- life named Steve Trafton and I would always go to him and I still do. I'll call him. He'll know, I think, cause I'll call and go, okay, what's Patrick's problem today? Mm-hmm. So I'll call him and I'll tell him what I'm going through. He asked five or six questions never tells me anything and I'll hang up the call knowing what to do because he, ha- he is, he's 
he's not wise telling me what to do. He, he just asks questions. He knows. Helps you he, process. He basically leads me. He doesn't have to tell me what he told me, but he says a question like, oh, I'm the stupid one here. Or, <laughs> oh, I should have seen that. Or, oh, you know the right thing to do. Um, and so I think having older, wiser people in your life, huge thing. Um, if your family is not on board, then it, it's just going to be a struggle the whole time. And so I think that having Megan believe in me so much and having her be a part of everything, um, even with all the kids and all the things we have going on, um, I think if you don't have those two things, you're going to fail no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have five kids. You know, how have you taken them along with you guys on being an yeah. entrepreneurs and can you kind of touch on some of y'all's family values and how it incorporates sure. being self-employed and you guys as a family? Yeah, and I think uh, kind of what I said about team members, you can't uh, to me you can't separate this stuff. So I can't go home and be like not talk about work and you know sometimes we're like dad quit talking about this project because we're so deep into it. But they have all been on every ride, every idea. They're bought in. You know, they're, they they want to be a part of it. When my uh, 15-year-old son is actually working at the coffee shop. So I'm super excited. And I wasn't a part of the hiring team. So it was awesome that he went through the interview process and Ryan and Mason decided we've got to hire him. It wasn't even a, it wasn't a sympathy thing. It was like a, we're hiring him because we want him. But everybody just takes, you know, they go, they show up. So when we opened uh, one of our first projects for Brazos was Progress and Provision. So shout out to them. Mm-hmm. The restaurant, we remodeled the restaurant. And so we had 24 hours till they opened. My whole family was there. Megan was planting flowers. Kate was, you know, hanging hanging artwork that Ben had drawn that are mm-hmm. on the walls. It was this team effort, and it wasn't because they had to. It wasn't because I asked them to. They just did it. Like it was. Or they saw the problem. Yeah, they saw the problem. Anything, and you know, they're like, "Oh, my dad's gonna, he's gonna go crazy if we don't <laughs> help him." No, no everybody's just been on board, and they love it. They think it's fun. I think they like the variety, they like the opportunity to do new things, and um, they just hate the question, what does your dad do? Yeah, it's like, well, I, c- I couldn't, uh, you don't have enough, I don't know. Yeah, well, they don't have enough time to explain it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you just have to see He it. does things. Yeah. Man, and that's so much better, I think, than someone having a hard explanation of what their dad does. It's like, oh, my, you know, not to take anything away from those yeah. people because maybe it's just the heat, they have a specific job title. Yeah. But man, if they could just explain what you did in a sentence like that, you know, for yeah. you that would probably hurt a little bit. It's like, yeah. like man, how much time you got? My dad's a, you know, yeah, yeah, one of a kind. Just knowing you from a distance at a, you know, a peripheral, this cleared up a lot for me just as far as the type of person I admire as an entrepreneur because I'm not a I don't think I'm an entrepreneur by in spirit. I'm a little bit more creative and I'm a problem solver, but I would just do that for people because I worked in construction for all of my life. And I like how someone like you, you're both, you know, you're a, a businessman and a totally creative person. And you, you know, you kind of, you meld those two together. So wrapping up, um, Patrick, we just want to say thank you for being here. I, I mean, I'm like head nodding. Y'all can't see us on this end of the microphone, but so much of what you said, we've had exact conversations about. Did you feel like within our, like how it's just similar, but it's so different, you know, and how we met, we didn't really tell the listeners how we know you guys. Megan 
came into Ramble, has come into Ramble, and then you guys come in together, you've come in with your kids, and it's just, y'all have been such supporters of ours, and I want to say thank you so much. On a local level, your guys are what keep us going. <laughs> People, families like you guys is what keeps us, the local division of Ramble open, and mm. we are greatly. Well, thanks for having me. Okay, where can everyone, like, if they need your services, where can... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have a web website. I mean, we can add attachments and stuff. You yeah, can't think of it off um, your top of your head. Yeah, I think uh, just Instagram is probably the easiest this day and age with everybody kind of. Do you have a personal Instagram? I do. I don't do a great job of posting on it. You don't have Patrick to. Kemp. Okay, I uh, wasn't sure. Yep. I'm, and then Brazos Construction would be uh, for the construction business, and then Collective Coffee TX. Awesome. For coffee shop. Awesome, man. This was great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Find us on Instagram at Ryan Hager TX, at Ramblin' Company, and at Katherine.Hager. I'm going to leave you guys today with a quote from Mother Teresa. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. <laughs>